Now, I'll be honest, these types of sermons are much more difficult for me to write than the typical, here's a passage of scripture, let's completely dissect it, put it in its historical and literary context, look at some Greek and Hebrew, and then see what we can learn from it so that we can change this community and the world for Jesus Christ, that sort of a sermon. Those I find much more easy to write. It's not so much the looking back part that I find difficult, especially after a year like this one, a year where I feel like we have finally begun to do a large part of what we have set out uh, to do since we began in 2013. From the very beginning of TRP, we have always made a concerted effort to be generous with our finances. And in our four years of ministry, we have devoted anywhere from 18% to 35% of our budget to supporting local, national, and international nonprofits, churches, and church plants, the mission work of our um, denomination, more or less, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, relief aid following natural disasters, and also benevolence, where we are able to help people in the community and uh, both within TRP and outside of the walls of TRP in need. I was talking to a pastor friend the other day, though, and we were going over some of the highs and lows of our year, and I, I said something to that effect. He was like, you know, that's great, and that lands with somebody like me, but when you start talking about percentages and stuff like that, most of the time the people in the seats just don't really care. So if I could just break that down for us, um, over the course of our history, we have been very concerned to help people. I'll throw this in here too, and it's not on my cheat sheet here, but we have also been very terrible at celebrating those things with you. Um, our MO has been, hopefully you support us financially in the back, and then we're able to use that money to meet the needs of the people that we know or meet the needs of the things that we see rise up in this community or in the world. And then you trust us with those finances to make those decisions. And we've done a bad job of celebrating those things. But as a church, we have been waiting to get involved in something that we deem to be um, a sustainable relationship building project within the community. We were good at writing checks, but we weren't really good at doing things together. But our opportunity came this past summer when we helped to start the summer lunch program over at the Camden Community Garden. And for those of you who were able to witness it, you know that the work that Susie and Dory and Chloe and Hannah and Marnie and Katie Foster and all the other regular volunteers, what they have done with summer lunch at the garden and then Saturdays at the garden, it's actually been inspiring and beautiful to see. Through their efforts and through the generosity of the community and through your generosity helping us to support some of this stuff financially, we were able to feed a bunch of kids this summer. Monday through Friday from June through August. But more than that, we were able to do the very thing that we talk about here pretty much every week. We were able to extend our table very literally to invite others to join us, parents, kids, and neighbors alike. Way back in my college days, um, my education professors, I went to Bible college to become a Bible teacher, which worked out, S sort of. 
Um, my education professors encouraged us to save all of the notes that we got from our students or from their parents or from our colleagues, the nice ones. So in my office upstairs, which is now Jude's bedroom, I have a bunch of notes that were from former students because my education professor said there will be days when you don't like what you're doing and there will be days when the students test you beyond your breaking point and there will be days when the parents make you want to pull your hair out and there will be days when you just want to pack it up. And it's on those days when you go back to that drawer full of notes and cards and what have you, and you remember the students that you've been able to interact with, and the, maybe if you're lucky, the students that you've been able to, to reach. As a Bible teacher, that was certainly rewarding. Now, as a pastor, I don't get a lot of physical notes. I do receive encouragement from you guys, and I love that, and I'm eternally grateful for that. But more often, I have moments where I feel the pleasure of God in what we are doing as a community together. There's no real great way to explain that to you. I know that you guys, some of you have seen Chariots of Fire, and that one dude was like, I run to feel God's pleasure. Okay, well, there's moments within the pastoral ministry, and there's moments in your own life when it just seems like everything is clicking, and you have this peace that kind of passes all understanding, as it says in the Bible, and it makes sense to you what it is that you're doing. Students, that might be picking a major. Folks, in the first few weeks and months of your job, it might be that. It might be as you're parenting children. It could be in any different sorts of, of aspects and avenues in your life, but prior to the launch of the summer lunch program, I remember sitting in Rise Up Coffee as I am known to do. And I was getting a series of excited text messages and phone calls from Pastor Martin of Community of Joy, who has basically pioneered the community garden. And if you're friends with him on Facebook, you know that because he talks about it incessantly. But I was also getting text messages from Susie, and they were detailing their meetings with food service folks and city officials who had given us the green light to begin our work in the garden. And as I sat there processing all of this with my iced caramel latte... I began to cry. And by cry, I mean just tear up a little bit. But I began to be moved with emotion um, because it was so clear to me at that specific moment that God was up to something and that he was using us to do it. And at least for me, it felt like after three years of grinding, church planting is a lot of just day in, day out. Some of my entrepreneurs in the, in the room, you know what that looks like. But it's after three years of grinding, it seemed like something was starting to click. Now we can look back and we can celebrate that in the first week of this um, new year. That's a great thing for us to do. That kind of stuff is easy to talk about. It's also easy to get me going on the transformation that I have seen in some of you guys over the past year. The conversations that you are now able to have, the books that you are now able to read, the questions that you are now beginning to ask, the forgiveness that you are trying to grant to those that have hurt you in the past, the return that some of you have made to church, the commitments that you have made to follow Jesus, the passion that you have developed for the gospel, for justice, for people, for the world. I have been privileged to see this in a number of you guys. I listed a few here on my paper. Susie and Katie Foster and Savannah and Ariel and Taylor and Brian and Vicky and Brad and Billy and Tim and so many others where it's been evident for me seeing Jesus take a hold of their lives and transform them 
into something that they were not in the past. And those are just my stories. Those are just my memories. The beauty of the church is that all of you also have these stories, stories of transformation, stories of God's faithfulness, stories of your own wrestling, or stories of the progress made by those who are wrestling around you or with you. By a show of hands, do you have these stories over the past year where you have seen God do work? These are the stories that the rest of us need to hear to gain encouragement and hope and to be excited again at what God is doing in the midst of our community. We could spend time talking about that. We've never, we've done this one time in the history of TRP where we just had the mic sitting in a stand and we opened it up and let people go for it. We're not going to do that tonight. Um, It was actually a beautiful time of reflection, so we probably should do that at some point, but not tonight. Instead, what I would like you to be thinking about doing is, maybe some of you have seen this poster as you've entered the worship space over the last month or so. And if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you've seen some of the hashtag people of TRP. We want you to share these stories, and we want you to share these stories in a way that goes beyond the person that you're sitting across the table having a coffee with. We want to celebrate the wins in your life. We want to celebrate the small bits of progress in your life. We want to actually give you the space to not just celebrate the wins, but also to open up and be honest about the struggles that you're having, because that's a story that can be celebrated as well, because that's the reality of following Jesus. We'll talk more about this in a bit, but if you guys do have stories that you want to contribute, we would love to talk to you about that. Tessa or myself, you could talk to us and we could uh, figure out a way for you to share your story. I mentioned though, at the beginning of this kind of beginning of the year talk that they were difficult for me. And this is what I mean. I have never been much of a salesman. And in these yearly visiony sort of talks, I have always felt some amount of pressure to excite you guys to get you on board, to help us move to a shared purpose and a shared mission and maybe even have us memorize a really cool phrase or use an acrostic or something like that. Now, some pastors in town, they are brilliant when it comes to really cool phrases and really nice acrostics, but I, sadly, am not that person. I am hopeful, though, that by the end of the night, you will be excited about our future as a church and that your excitement will translate into a renewed commitment to this local body of believers and an emerging passion to serve those in our area and to see the name of Jesus proclaimed boldly and effectively in Salisbury. But I'm hoping that this sets in by just talking to you openly and honestly without much of a song and dance, maybe some dance, but not much song. But I want to talk to you about the things that I have been wrestling with and dreaming about and trying to pray through, and I want to invite you guys into that process with me, regardless of where you are with with us in this community. For the first-time visitors, we're happy that you're here, and join us. So this is what I want to say. This is what I want to invite us into. I would like to dub the year 2017 the year of going for it. Here's the thing about church plants. They are fragile. And without inducing any sort of unnecessary or illegitimate fear in you, I'd like to be honest about something. We, as a community, are still vying for sustainability. 
I could say that we are vying for sustainability financially. If you've spent uh, any time with us over the last month or so, you've probably heard that talk, seen that email. But I think it's fair to say that there is some pretty hard truth to the fact that we have needs financially. Whether you want to talk about missing the budget the last few times or not being able to put any money into savings over the last few budget cycles or the fact that salaries will remain pretty low without much prospects of them getting close to a national or regional average for the work that's being done. Now here's the double-edged sword about financial sustainability, at least how I see it. In my opinion, you need to have money to make money, kind of, sort of. Um, and by make money, I mean you have to have money to be able to give it away to help people or make money so that staff can have livable salaries, or make money so that we can find our own space and shed the label that we are just a ministry and not a church, or to have the flexibility to do a morning service or to do midweek stuff or anything like that. This past week, Susie and Brian Sheets and myself, we started looking at spaces. Actually, a few weeks past that, actually, Doug and I have been looking at spaces for probably a year and a half to two years to try to figure out if there's a next potential move for us, but when you read those emails that we send out that say, hey, we're gonna miss the budget by $7,000 or so, those things don't always go together. These are real issues that we have, and for a small church with no external funding, it's been up to us to raise what it is that we think we need. And I think that we are answering that call collectively quite admirably, but the trajectories are going in the wrong way. And there's a fragile nature to church planting when you think about money. Just so you know, we have established a financial advisory board and uh, we'll be meeting this month to help navigate some of these issues and we're optimistic. And also, this is the year of going for it, so don't be surprised if we end up going for it in certain ways. But despite these issues, I think that there are our sustainability issues may be more firmly rooted in a different area. Here it is. You ready, John? We need you. Money's great, but we need you. I've said this before. I actually said this same thing last year during this visiony beginning of the year talk. I know this because I reread it this morning just to refresh myself and not to say all the same things because I know you guys memorize everything that I say and you take it home and you journal through it and it's just really edifying. And the things that I said last year at this time, it's just probably pinned up on your wall or crocheted on a pillow. I don't know. Any of, any of those options, they're, they're great options. But this is what I said. I quoted myself from last year. I'm going to read it to you. It says, for many church plants, three years is a benchmark in ministry. It's typically the year that churches go off of external funding and become self-sustaining, or they don't. This transition has been proven to be difficult for some. The financial pressure is often too much to handle. Pastors are forced to take pay cuts. The budget has to be reshaped to accommodate the lack of financial support. And in the end, many churches close. We haven't received, this is still from last year, we haven't received much in the way of outside funding. We only have one external funding agent, that's the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, and they've given us, uh, they will give us three gifts over three years, $5,000, $4,000, and this year we will get $3,000. So we aren't being weaned off of any big money, so that's good, uh, but we still have a long way to go until we're self-sustaining. But here's what I wrote last year, and I think it's still as true today as it was back then. Even if we got a check tonight for a million dollars, 
Thank you. Thank you. That's all I was looking for. That's... Even if we got that check, though, I don't believe that we would still be self-sustaining because we don't just need money. We need you, your talents, your strengths, your unique calling, your passion, your hopefulness, your encouragement, your time, your service, your desire to see lives changed for Jesus, your desire to ex to exemplify that change in your own life, to inspire others, to provide an example, to live in a manner worthy of the calling that you have received. That's what we need from you, maybe even more than your money. Take away the maybe even. That's what we need from you more than your money. That's what I said last year in this talk, and I don't think, though, that I came back to it at any other point throughout the year. We said it once, we left it there, and then we walked away. Same thing with in January, we spent the next three weeks talking about our mission objectives. We, we laid them out, and then we didn't really do anything with them because, man, I love to teach, so give me the Bible, and we can just dissect it and get into that ancient Near Eastern context of the first century Jewish culture of the New Testament. That kind of stuff is what excites me, and I hope gets us going, but then we kind of get lost in where it is that we're going. Remember, I'm not much of a salesman, so our approach to this kind of stuff is usually prayer and patience and not much action on my part. So the way this usually works out is I get text messages through the uh, a large majority of last year from a friend of mine saying, hey, I'm going to come check out the church. Hey, I'm going to come check out the church. Me replying, great. Hey, I'm going to come check out the church. Great. Hey, I'm going to come check out the church. Great. Then, hey, I joined another church. Oh. <laughs> you know, there, there was no follow-up. There was no, it was just kind of prayer and patience. And that hasn't always worked out. But because this is the year of going for it, this is the year I want to ask you very pointedly to help us, for you to partner with us. And I want to ask you that repeatedly. Not in a way that's going to be super annoying, but in a way where you know that this place is not the Josh and Doug show. This place is your community. And I want to ask you to partner with us because I believe that TRP is a shining light in this community. I believe that it has been and can continue to be used to reach people for Jesus who might not step foot into another church in this town. I believe that we can meet people where they are. I believe that we can encourage them in the midst of their doubts and their questions because we can admit our own. I believe that we can create space for an unlikely but beautifully diverse congregation united by a shared pursuit and eventually a shared commitment to Jesus Christ. I believe that we are honest about our own shortcomings and our own insecurities, but that we are trusting Jesus to work in and through us. I believe that we are offering a different model of doing church, and we are providing different opportunities for people who might not have opportunities elsewhere. And I believe that we are not done yet, but it cannot happen without you. We made some invite cards a few months ago. Uh, they're in the back if you'd like to take them. But this is what it says on the back. As a community, we seek to love those on the margins, to inspire the jaded and tired, to encourage and challenge the devoted, and to offer the restoration made available through Jesus Christ to all people. So here's the ask. And any other week of the year, I promise you, when you come back, you will hear Scripture in all of its beautiful fullness. But for this week, here's the ask. 
Let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's become sustainable. Let's become a fixture in this community that is known as a beacon of hope for those who are afraid and hurt, for those who need to meet Jesus again or for the first time. Let's become agents of restoration in the beautifully diverse ways that that works out in your own life, in the ways that you are called to fulfill that role of restoration. For some of you, that means it's time to invest. It's time to join a small group. It's time to let people know who you are. It's time to get that cup of coffee with someone that you have been putting off for so long. Maybe it's time for you to move forward in membership. It's time to trust a group of people to care for you. Maybe it's time for you to emerge as the leader that you were born to be and called to be and gifted to be. Maybe it's time to trust God and us with your finances, or to be expectant that transformation and restoration will happen and that you are being used in the process. And college kids, I hope you're getting this because this isn't just localized to TRP. This is what you do on your college campus, wherever you are. You become this type of person who is expectant that God will work through you. I don't know if you guys know this, but we do have a good number of people who listen to the podcast of The Restoration Project. Say hi to the people on the podcast. That's great. For those of you listening, perhaps it's time for you to join us. This is weird talking to the people out there somewhere. In in the next couple of days, like we're in the middle of a time-space continuum where I'm speaking to someone three or four days later, but maybe, maybe it's time for you to join us. It's time for you to settle those past church hurts that you have and use your gifts and talents to serve. It's time to become a mentor figure to these many college students that take up space in these seats when college is in session. Not because you have it all figured out. If there's one thing that I keep talking about with adults, it's, oh, but I don't have it all figured out. Right. And it is exactly that confession that makes you the best mentor type figure that these students can have where we don't put on airs, where we don't front, where we don't try to pretend to be something that we're not. To these absent bodies listening somewhere, sometime, someday, we need you here with us. To the folks that have been bouncing around from this church to that church, it's time perhaps to deny the consumeristic mentality about what you can get from each place and begin to give, really truly give to a community. And if it's not with us, that's fine. I have many conversations where I'm sitting across the table from someone where they say, I'm ending up going to this place or that place. And if that's where you fit and if that's where God is calling you to go and serve, that is fine by me. But if it's not with us, then it's not our desire to function as a place for teaching or a place for music or a place for liturgy or a place for good coffee and sweet treats or even worse, a place where you might find a date. The church is more than that and we are more than that and you are more than that. Begin to invest in the community where you are called to invest. What we want to do for all of you is to disciple you and to provide you with a spiritual home where you can grow and flourish in all of your giftedness. And if we haven't been that or if we haven't done that, please talk to us. Allow us the opportunity to apologize to you, to be able to set things right, 
Allow us the opportunity to say goodbye if we have to. Don't just vanish into the night. We wanna go for it in 2017. We want to work, we want to fight, and we want to build, and we want to do it with you. It is also our hope that we can learn to go for it as individuals in 2017, and I can't say what that might look like for you, but I hope that at some rudimentary level, it includes continual and honest assessments regarding your commitment to Jesus. If you have questions, ask them with us. If you have issues in the past, discuss them with us. If you have hurts, come sit with us. If you are tired, come rest with this community. Together, I believe that we can do great things. And I wanna ask that we begin to shift our prayers this way as a community, that we watch with anticipation and expectation and that we get to work on what we have been entrusted to do. When Doug and I got ordained, and I'll end with this story, this mildly questionable story. When Doug and I got ordained, um, we set up two chairs here and we had a, a minister from the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship uh, from a church across the bridge kind of overseeing the, the process and the way that they do this in that denomination is you come up and you lay hands on the people that are being ordained and you say nice encouraging things to them or you pray for them or what have you. But I remember sitting in the seat and um, a gentleman, a friend of mine, came up, put his hand on my shoulder and said, let's get stuff done but like an appalling sense of stuff where let's get scubalon done or let's get rubbish done or let, has the, picture, has the picture been painted? And it was in that moment, I cracked a smile and laughed a bit, but like I felt like that was, I felt like that's what we're called to do. We're called to get stuff done in this community together for the sake of Christ. And the way that TRP does it doesn't always look like it does at other places. And I wanna celebrate that with you, and I want to invite you into that with us so that we can make real change with real people in this community for the sake of the gospel. As we think about financial issues and we think about partnership issues and we think about all this stuff, perhaps the call tonight is just for you guys to think about where you are and think about investing in the life of a local church and praying to what regard that partnership is with us.